Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan, and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Warden. My guest today is Vincenzo Ippolito. Vincenzo's family winery is called Ippolito 1845. It's in Chiro, region of Calabria, in the far southwest of Italy. Welcome. Hello. Good morning. Why is your winery called 1845, Ippolito 1845. 1845 is the foundation year. Actually, it's a stone that my uncle and my father found in an old building in our property. Since then, they put the year on our brand just to identify one of the oldest winery in Calabria. So when did they first, they were bottling in 1845 or just growing grapes? No, yeah. At that time, we are talking about five generations ago. It was the grandfather or my grandfather to start the, I would say, the grape business rather than wine business. At that time, the economy was uh, only based on the agriculture. They were not producing only grapes, but all kinds of uh, vegetable fruits in the area. And um, the production was uh, focused on grapes and wine in bulk. Then to see the first bottle of wine with the regular label, we had to wait until the 50s. The 1950s? Yes. He was uh, my grandfather Vincenzo, was a very bold, ambitious and uh, revolutionary person because he was the first one in Calabria to put the wine into the bottle. He was uh, very curious, he, start, he, he loved traveling around, the, around Italy more than the world of course because at that time it was pretty difficult to go, to go internationally. So he had uh, a small uh, Topolino Fiat and he used to travel around uh, in the north of Italy and then he saw how things were uh, quickly changing, especially in the Barolo area and in Tuscany in general. So when he came back to Calabria, he said, okay, I have to do the same. I want my my last name on the label too. And he started to bottle is wine in a regular 0.75 liter bottle. So was, the, he, was the, he selling to like Milan restaurants and things like that? He was, uh, he was uh, selling to restaurants, uh, to private people, and uh, actually he did the, one of the first uh, contract uh, with the first chain of supermarkets in Italy too. They were mainly focused uh, in the area of uh, Lazio. Which uh, is where Rome is. Lazio, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Lazio, where, where Lazio, Rome, Lazio is the Roma region, yes it is, yes. And then there was also other uh, other way of selling selling the wine in the 60s and 70s. We still uh, have in our winery some uh, kind of uh, postcards where the wine uh, was uh, sold by mails. By mail? By mail yeah, order? By, really? Yeah. In the, in the 60s and 70s, my father and my uncle, they did uh, a deal with the American uh, Express uh, uh, credit card. 
so to the owner of uh, American Express credit card, they would get uh, a paper with the list of our, our wine on it. They could uh, fill the paper, send by regular mail to our winery, and then we would uh, send the wine to them by train, because train from south to north was the fastest way to do that. Yeah, quicker than a little Fiat uh, bubble car. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing that you've got that in your history, that yeah. you were doing mail order. People who don't live in Italy or have a lot of experience with Italy, the South is often seen as, a, as a, in some ways backward. And this is a great, great example of, of why the people who think like that really don't always know what they're talking about. Um, the fact that you were doing this. I mean, mail order now is such a Amazon. Yes. It's like everybody uses Amazon and you were kind of like the Amazon. It was a primitive uh, Amazon way yeah. of, of, of selling wine. I love the idea that you fill it out by hand and you take it to the post office and you lick a stamp and stick it on the, yes. on the thing and you send it off. And then and then when the wine arrives, you're incredibly excited. Yes. It's like it's, Christmas comes. Yes, yeah? yes, for sure. Okay, so obviously now in the modern era, what are your sales strategies? Um, now, to, to convince people that Calabria is a worthy region in Italy, what makes it special? What is its USP? Uh, Great uh, varieties, the terroir. Well, yeah, well yeah, I think there are many, many good things about uh, our area. First of all, uh, Calabria is uh, one of the greatest uh, heritage of uh, indigenous varieties. Uh, we have a great uh, biodiversity in our area, so our wines uh, are very unique, are very exclusive, uh, have a very great identity. If you think about grapes like Galliopo, Greco Bianco, Pecorello, Greco Nero, Montonico, they are all grapes that people never heard about, but they are very fine grapes from which you can do very unique wines. So on the side it's very challenging because people are not familiar with these grapes, but for sure you can catch the curiosity of people, the curiosity of wine lovers, and then you have a highway ahead because uh, there are only a few producers in Calabria there are less than 150 wineries so actually it's a, a small uh, a small production it's uh, a, a niche production yeah but it's very isolated Calabria it's, it's you know right at the, the bottom of Italy it's it's got it's hilly yeah and then uh, what is uh, extraordinary in our area is also the the terroir and uh, the the geography of our area because it's uh, a very narrow region wet from two different sea we have Ionian Sea on the east coast and Tyrrhenian Sea on the on the west coast and it's crossed from a big mountain in the middle we have a Sila chain and Aspromonte chain so the vineyards go from an altitude of uh, 1200 meters above the sea level until uh, the coast side where the level is zero we have the most of the vineyards uh, on the sea level so there is a very uh, extraordinary biodiversity and then you have uh, different expressions of wines uh, you have different expression of the same grapes uh, in, different uh, in different in different parts so so, so Calabria basically that's the toe of Italy it's the toe of Italy we say the wiki on Sicily <laughs> so I mean, just give me an, an example of, of ripening times for I don't know, Galliopo, if, it, if it's at, say, well, 300 meters or, or 1,000 meters. Exactly. So uh, people, think, uh, people think Calabria is uh, very south, so for sure the weather is very hot. So they believe that our harvest uh, is very early. Instead, it is not. 
because uh, Galliopo is a very is very ancient. If we, I talk about Galliopo because it's the most important grape variety in our region, but Galliopo gets ripe very slowly. Galliopo has a lot of tannins, uh, high acidity, so it needs time in order to make the tannins uh, softer, more crispy. And usually we start uh, we start the harvest in September. We pick up. Uh, Galliopo for rosé wine in the first second week of September and then we end picking up Galliopo in October for our reserve of wines where we have more sugar content so we get wines with more structure with a higher aging potential. So if I if I have a Galliopo from you what what are the main flavors in that wine? What the main flavors? Okay first of all what is uh, very identitary in Galliopo is the color because the color of Galliopo is very unique. Galliopo grape is not, uh, it's not full of anthocyanins, so um, there is no the violet color inside the skin. So a good Galliopo usually uh, goes to goes from uh, um, deep and intense uh, ruby red color when it's young, going to a more garnet color when it gets older, and usually the the color is uh, kind of transparent so it looks like a soft wine but it is not because uh, the structure is there the the alcohol is there so it's uh, a wine with the medium full body what do you drink it with what is a classic calabrian dish with that with the galliopo with the galliopo i would say we have a Capretto, which is a goat, baby goat. baby goat. It's typical from our area. Capretto with the potatoes baked in the oven. It's a very, very nice dish. Or we have another primo piatto, first course, which is a pastachina. Pastachina means a filled pasta. Stuffed pasta. Yeah. Stuffed pasta, yeah. So it's kind of a rigatoni pasta with the tomato sauce, but then we had boiled eggs, cacio cavallo, which is a soft, a soft cheese, plus soppressata. Soppressata is a typical Calabrian sausage from pork. Is it spicy, the sausage? The sausage, we have two, two different sausage. Salsiccia, which is with the red pepper, pretty spicy. And soppressata with the black pepper, so a little bit softer. Okay, so that was Galliopo. So another great variety that you have is the Pecorello. Is that yeah. red or white? Pecorello is a white variety. Pecorello is a very funny name because uh, in Italian it's a little sheep. Actually, for us, is a, a new rediscovery because it's a, an ancient, an ancient grapes, but was a kind of uh, neglected and abandoned in the area because of the low yield. But in, in the philosophy of our company, there is the target of uh, giving high value to our indigenous variety, and Pecorello is great because it's uh, a grape with the high acidity, very nice uh, tropical uh, fruit, herbs. So it's very a refreshing white wine that you can easily drink and, and pair with many kind of dish from spring to autumn. We started the, the production of Pecorello six years ago with a, a very little production. And after six, year, six years, we, we do 
a production of uh, almost 10 times uh, greater than uh, what we started with. So if I drink a Pecorello, what would I be looking for? Is it a wine that's quite heavy? Is it very light? No, no it's uh, pretty light, but with a nice uh, salty finish because the vineyards are very close to the beach. So the, the soil is a sandy limestone and the nose is very fresh, fruity. So it's a kind of wine that you can uh, easily pair with uh, raw fish or even with the spaghetti e frutti di mare or with our wonderful tuna fish. So it's a really spring summer wine uh, to enjoy with your friends. Greco Nero. Greco Nero is another beautiful grape variety. Usually Greco Nero is used to be blended with the Gagliopo because it's less structured than Gagliopo, less tannins, but good acidity and good color. So many producers usually put a little percentage of Greco Nero with the Galliopo or with the Maliocco just to make the wine a little bit softer but in my winery three years ago we had the, the pioneer idea to do a rosé wine with Greco Nero. Our classic rosé is made with the Galliopo grapes, uh, but we see that the market is looking more and more for uh, rosé wines, and there is actually demand for a second rosé. So our idea was uh, why not trying to produce a rosé wine from Greco Nero, which could be very good grapes because the tannins are very, very fine. The color is a nice, uh, violet uh, ruby color and the acidity is pretty high so there are all the good condition to make a very elegant rosé wine and that's what we did three years ago by producing our pesca nera rosé pesca nera we played with the words nera because it's from greco nero pesca because uh, the color and the aroma reminds to the peach fruit Okay, so, so are you saying that the, the rosé from Galliopo is maybe a, a one that you could drink on its own? Yes. And the Greco Nero rosé would be more suited to food? Yes, I think uh, Galliopo depends on the, on the vintage, actually, because sometimes uh, you have a Galliopo more elegant, sometimes it's uh, more intense and full. Both rosé are more food-friendly because uh, they are southern rosé wine, so there is uh, always uh, a part of the structure, little body, little tennis, which makes uh, the wine uh, perfect uh, with food. Perfect. Tell me about Greco Bianco. Greco Bianco is our second most important grape variety and it's the base of uh, Ciro Bianco DOC. It's a very ancient uh, grapes. As the name says, uh, it's a very old grape because the name was given by the Greek domination we had uh, 2,500 years ago. Greco Bianco gives uh, a, a white wine with a nice, uh, nice acidity uh, with uh, a nice uh, uh, fruity fresh uh, aroma pretty easy to drink not to age for a long time but to enjoy within uh, one year and a half two years how do you see the future for your winery in particular and for calabria in, in general i see I don't know if in English you have this expression, I see a pink future. Okay. In, in Italian we have a, a, a futuro roseo, which means uh, that the perspective is uh, 
it's gonna be better and better because uh, right now in especially if i talk about chiro area there are more and more producers uh, my winery is an historic winery but besides uh, the historic wineries there are many new wineries managed by young people with um, small estates but they they moved from grape production to grape production and wine production so now and, and estate bottling yeah yeah, the, the, yeah exactly so the the group is uh, tied in a consortium and we are doing very nice activity during this in italy we have a great wine testing to celebrate our 50 years of doc wines and we will have a great testing from 1969 to 2013 so it's a, a great opportunity to taste all the history of Chiro where the historic old producer are mixed with the new young producers. I want to say thanks to my guest today on the Italian Wine Podcast, Vincenzo Ippolito from the Ippolito 1845 Winering in Calabria. Thanks for explaining all those native grapes. We, we're going to have to do like a food podcast because yes. you, you like your food. Okay, good. And uh, we could we could, we could could really uh, dig deep into the cuisine of Calabria. Let's do that next time. Yeah, the, yeah, the best way is uh, if you enjoyed uh, listening to stories uh, coming to Calabria and enjoy our beautiful territory together with our wines and food. Yes, I mean, it really is an unspoiled. It's, it is rugged, mountainous. Yes. It's a totally different part of Italy. It's like, it really is its own place. For sure. It's a wild place with uh, lots of things to say. Thanks, Vincenzo. Really nice to meet you. Look forward to seeing you down in the deep south. Thank you, Mr. Monti. Thanks. This podcast has been brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey, discovering the true essence of high-quality wine from Europe. Find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.